We're back. It's time for the Mainland Podcast, episode number 40, brought to you by TheMainland.com. And uh, I am joined this week, uh, by the way, my name is Michael Citro. I'm the managing editor from The Mainland, and I am joined by Andrew Harrison and Gavin Eubank this week. Guys, how are you doing tonight? I'm, I'm excited to get the season started. It's closer than ever before. Same as Andrew there. I cannot wait for Sunday. Yeah, it's it certainly has it certainly is closer than ever before because this is uh, it's very this very weekend that we will have the first kick and uh, competitive soccer for Orlando City in 2016 will begin. We've had some friendlies. Uh, Orlando City did very well in the preseason, only lost one game. Uh, even the reserves did very well in the in the preseason, which their preseason is still going on. But um, uh, it'll be nice to get to the Citrus Bowl. We got there last weekend for the uh, the friendly against Bahia. Uh, a six to one shellacking of Bahia, um, and why don't we just start with that? Why don't we just start with four goals by Seb Hines? Uh, did you think Seb Hines would score four goals in his entire career at Orlando City, uh, uh, Andrew? No, I mean I, I didn't. <laughs> I don't think any, I would have loved to have gotten the odds on that um, in his career. Never mind in a single game. Um, he looked pretty good. I mean, he was always kind of dangerous on crosses last year, but. He just didn't think he was going to have that kind of in him, so it was kind of exciting that he was able to get that off his shoulders and hopefully go into the season opener with that kind of scoring mentality in mind, especially since they have a small goalkeeper and you get the opportunity to challenge him. Yeah, you know, the the one thing, Gavin, that I noticed is this season, Adrian Heath really put a uh, an emphasis on set pieces because, uh, you know, a goal here or there last year would have made a big difference in the point standings. And so if he can steal a few more on set pieces and concede a couple of fewer on set pieces, you know, it could be the difference between, you know, you know, four or six or eight extra points over the course of the season, which would be enough to put Orlando city in the playoff conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, What did you see in terms of the delivery? Did you see any difference uh, in Kaká's delivery uh, on um, on the Bahia game? Um, well, it was kind of tough because to, I was in the stands for that game. Obviously, all the flags waving around and people mm-hmm. up and down. I mean, uh, just go back, you know, like you were saying, how important the set pieces are. You know, we saw a lot last year how it hurt Orlando City teams, especially earlier in the season, like Vancouver uh, with their set piece goals and uh, DC and you know. Uh, Sebastian Jovinko had some against us, and you know it really hurt Orlando City, and we weren't doing that. And you know, Kaká, uh, they they went a few different approaches last year. We saw with you know Bowden would take him at times. I think we saw Carlos Rivas take some at times. You know, Kaká. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, you know, I really is just perfect deliveries on Kaká's part for you know, especially to get it to Seb Hines right there. Yeah, what I noticed was that they they seemed to be. Uh, just lower and whipped into the box much with much more pace this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys are attacking the ball, and um, a guy like Seb Hines, and you mentioned it. You know, he got his head on a few last year and missed the net. And I think you know a lot of those crosses were looping crosses. They weren't really whipped in with pace and and put in good places. And I think uh, by by making it an emphasis this year, uh, it looks like it's paying off. I don't expect four goals every game from Seb <laughs> Hines or. Maybe even for this season from Seb Hines, but that would be nice. Um, but you know, it's 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 good to see, and we know that this uh, this weekend Nick Romano is a, a shortish goalkeeper. Um, you know, their back line maybe isn't the center backs are maybe not the the uh, you know the scariest center backs in in MLS. So 
an opportunity at least to to try to get something off a set piece this weekend. So we'll have to keep our eyes on that. Speaking of this weekend, fill the bowl again campaign going very very well. We hear uh, the club is within about seven thousand tickets of selling out the Citrus Bowl for the second straight home opener. Um, just an unbelievable. Uh, feet uh, to do it once and then to try to come back and do it again against a team that really isn't a draw in this part of the country um, and some may might say in their own part of the country <laughs> um, but uh, you know Rail Salt Lake is not is not a high profile team with with tons of stars that you want to you know draw people that they're just casual fans to the game so uh, Andrew, again, we'll start with you. I mean, what are your thoughts? We, you know, we we did our little predict predictions um, a week ago or so about uh, you know fill the bowl again and how it would do. We've already killed Daniel's prediction of thirty to thirty-five thousand, um, or I think he said maybe he might have said thirty to forty, but uh, we're already well well past that. What are, what are you thinking now about uh, fill the bowl again? Well, yeah, we've already slotted my prediction, which was forty-five to forty-eight, so we're already ten over that too. Um, I just got to give props to the the marketing department for actually trying to get this close. Um, even if they don't make it at this point, I'm still really proud of them. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, as you said, RSL isn't that draw that I think we knew, we're not even talking about an Eastern Conference team here. We're talking mm-hmm. about a team that really doesn't potentially have much in the big picture other than a, a couple one point. It's it's just. It's not that game that got everybody excited, but they've gotten so close, and now I'm actually thinking that they're going to make it. Uh, there's still a few days left, but Friday, Saturday, and game day sales will be big, I think, this year. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot of uh, excitement with Antonio Nocherino finally uh, getting into Orlando. As we record this, he's going to be in in the morning, which is uh, Friday morning, and it will be that will be before this actually goes live. But uh, So he's on his way. That's going to build some excitement, I think, and... And, um, you know, that's probably going to be borne out. Uh, tonight they're doing the, pr- the Purple Pride 5K. Tomorrow they'll, they'll have the pub crawl and, and things like that. So uh, there's still some opportunities to sell. I think there's still going to be some, probably some giveaways, you know, to try to, to bump that, that number all the way up to, to a sellout. But uh, I think they might do it. And, Gavin, what, you know, obviously the, the place was unreal for the first ever game uh, last year. I mean, it was... Something even behind the press box glass, you could feel that the it just got goosebumps with the the way the crowd reacted to even just you know attacks up the the flanks like Brexhay would make a run and that kind of thing. What are you expecting for opening game uh, year two? Well, I mean, obviously, I, it was never in my heart to doubt the Orlando fans. You know, even from the beginning, it was like RSL is not a big draw, like you said, but they're not going to sell out. But I mean. I think even the club has seen it because they never even pushed for this fill the bowl again. They kind of just let it happen. And then once they saw the interest, they were like, all right, well, you know, let's do this. I figured, you know, I figured this whole time it's going to be close. You know, like Andrew said, the the game day sales are going to be big. That's usually when people are, you know, what do we got going on today? Nothing. Let's go out to the games. And it's going to be, you know, it's obviously it's difficult to repeat last year considering, you know, the, um, the how big of a deal that was you know the first game you had david via and mixed disker and all these guys are coming to town but and you know it's i expect another full house on, or another full bowl i guess i guess i should say on sunday you know like you said goosebumps are a good way to describe it last year and i'm hopefully we can have that again all right so rail salt lake um 
Andrew, they've already played two competitive matches with the CONCACAF Champions League. Some would say they have not played any um, competitive <laughs> matches uh, because of the, <laughs> the results they got. But do you think that helps them coming into this opener? They've played two competitive serious matches, and Orlando City has not done that yet. I think it does help them in a certain way. Um, it at least gives them that actual game day experience, the warm-ups, the getting into it, the actual something on the line. I think you can't really replicate that in preseason, so they've got that going for them. But, you know, they've heavy legs, midweek game, um, not something you necessarily always want to be doing, even though Orlando has a lot of double game weeks this year. Um, but really, they, their starting center-back went down. Um, that is always a risk. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be unsure whether he already starts on the weekend, so I think that's where they've really hurt themselves. Is it was great to have that opportunity to progress in the CONCACAF Champions League, but they're going to have to have a really strong season to hope that they can get back there. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see whether or not it ultimately hurts them, but we've, it's been a week since our last game. You could say that's potentially detrimental on our side as well. Gavin, agree, disagree? You think RSL has an advantage having played two competitive matches? I think to a point, like Andrew said, yeah, because, you know, I mean, it's, you know, those competitive minutes are something that, like you said, you can't really get in preseason. I think we've seen Adrian Heath, although, you know, you can't say Adrian Heath has really expected more out of his players at some points in this game. Was it the Toronto or the New York game? He was, you know, the team won, but he wasn't happy Mm -hmm. with the way he performed. Yeah, I think it was a Red Bulls game. Um, Yeah, they won 3-2, and I don't think he was happy at all about that game. Um, Gavin, we'll stick with you. Does it hurt RSL having played in the midweek? Uh, does that mitigate any, you know, sort of advantage they might have of, of of getting a competitive game under the belt? I think it could, especially early in the season. You know, fitness might not be a hundred percent for everybody. They're not probably you know, a lot of players might not be at ninety minute ready, especially when mm-hmm. you're down to Florida where it's getting warmer outside. The humidity humidity's rising. You know, you come out to the turf, a tough environment like uh, the Citrus Bowl. Like it's going to be, it could definitely be a big challenge that regardless of how many competitive matches you played, you still are at a disadvantage. Andrew, uh, thoughts on uh, on the midweek game, helping, hurting? Um, I, I, You know, if they were playing away, I'd say it would definitely hurt them. But they were at home. It wasn't really something out of the ordinary. Yes, they got to do the East Coast travel, but RSL is a seasoned team. They have actually got a lot of seasoned MLS veterans. I think they'll just take it in their stride and realize that this is potentially soccer in America now. There's going to be more games. There's that push for international breaks. This is how mm-hmm. it's going to be, and so they they got to be ready. Yeah, I would tend to think that the the midweek game, um, having played in the midweek, a tough tough contest, um, they had it all to, to do uh, to try to erase the aggregate score. And, um, you know, I, I think having played then, and again, like you guys said, you know, early in the season, you know, our guys just played 90 minutes for the first time last weekend. Um, they may not be ready to go 90 twice in a week yet, and that might take a little bit of the edge off of them having a couple of, uh, you know, competitive matches under their belt. So it's, I think those, those things are kind of a wash. Um, and what else I think is a wash is that, um, you know, losing their center back, I mean, because Orlando City also lost a center back. You don't even have to lose a guy in a friendly anymore. You can lose <laughs> him in training. Uh, David Mateo's going down two to six weeks. He's out uh, with a hamstring. Also, uh, Carlos Rivas turned an ankle. He's out for the opener. Um, we weren't expecting Carlos Rivas to start anyway with the shape that Adrian Heath has gone with. 
let's talk a little bit about this opening game and what we might expect out of the starting 11. I think we're probably going to see uh, Shea at left back and Ramos at right back. I think we're definitely going to see Seb Hines. The wild card is, do you go with Aurelian Collin as the other starting center back, or do you go with the young Tommy Redding? Redding plays the same style that Mateos plays in terms of distribution, passing, and movement. And, you know, Seb Hines is more the, the rugged tackler that like Collins. So what Adrian Heath likes is to have two complementary center backs that each play a different style. So to play Hines and Collin, while, yes, you get an experience advantage there, do you sacrifice the tactics that Heath wants to go with, Andrew? Um, I don't think you do. I think you, ha- you, know, you have to get Redding some experience at some point. Um, Mateos is going to be gone. We've got a lot of games, even just in two weeks, never mind six weeks. Um, what happens if you put in Colin, he went down, you still got to get Redding those minutes. I would say start him in front of a good crowd against a team that you're not too sure is going to beat you. I think you want to get that experience, and he's got to get it somehow, and this seems like a good time, and that complementary system is very big. We saw it at times last year where Colin and Hines played together, and as you said, they they play very much the same game, so they get caught out a lot easier, Um, and with that one lone guy, if they both lose him, then we're in serious trouble. I would say Mm -hmm. give it to Redding, give him the opportunity, and go with the risk of the inexperience. So, Gavin, what are we going to see up front? Are we going to see the 4-3-2-1? Are we going to see, uh, obviously we all think we're going to see Kyle Lahren as a lone striker. Do we just see two uh, attacking midfielders in um, Kaká and Kevin Molino and then three D mid behind? I don't think we're going to see Nocherino because he doesn't get in until Friday. Uh, if we do see him, it probably would be in the second half. Um, what are your thoughts uh, on what we'll see in the midfield? We know we won't see Krishna Gita. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know that, like you mentioned, the four three two one is kind of what he's been building up the last couple of weeks. It's something that you know they're changing shape to get ready for Nocherino. Um I think uh, you know Lauren up top with Kaká and Molino right below him. Those it gives them those guys a lot of room to kind of operate together, which you know we've seen it in the past. How when those two guys get together and they link up, they can be a dangerous combination in the field. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, no Nocherino. You know, Christian Aguita is going to be out for the week uh, with the suspension from last year. I think you could mm-hmm. see, uh, you know, the three defensive midfielders with Seren, Pedro Ribeiro, who's been he's been actually playing there pretty well the defensive midfield so far this preseason. He said it uh, that was his natural position all four years in college, and it it looks like it he's not hasn't missed a beat there. And then mm-hmm. you know, uh, Servando Carrasco starting next to him. He, you know, um, Servando's not the flashiest player on the field, but for a replacement-level defensive midfield in MLS, he gets the job done, which is certainly what you want out of, I would say, what, third or fourth string guy on this roster. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be, um, like you said, you know, pretty much how you said it's going to line up. Yeah, I think that it's it, – this is a situation where I think the tactics that, that Adrian Heath is playing, uh, I think – lines up with what he's got to put out on the field. And I really think that Carrasco's a guy that you can trust to play behind the other two uh, in that in that defensive midfield. You know, Pedro's going to go forward. Seren's going to go forward a bit. Um, and that allows Carrasco to sit in behind them and play defense. 
And, and you're right about Pedro Ribeiro. Uh, Adrian Heath last week called him the best player on the field. Uh, he has been maybe, arguably, uh, Orlando's best player in the preseason this year. Um, move into a role where he's very comfortable. He's not playing with his back to goal. He's not being asked to, to you know, do hold-up play. He's the guy who's out there you know, flowing with the game. And I don't know about you guys, but I thought he looked... He just looked like he ran faster to me <laughs> since he knew where he was going and what his you know expectations were. Well, I think Daniel picked a really bad week to take off, um, just <laughs> knowing his thoughts on him. But I thought that's that's true. I mean, but that's once again potentially Heath's detriment sometimes is he forces people to play out of position so we don't necessarily always get to see the best of them. And when he's been given that opportunity, Ribeiro has come in and shined and so... You've you got to give him props for sticking around, and obviously the club saw something and they re-signed him, so I'm mm-hmm. excited that he's going to get that opportunity to really show the fans what he has, um, rather than just getting to see a glimpse um, of him out of, out of position. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I can't wait to see you know, sort of what, what we're going to look at for our starting 11 uh, on opening day. It's... Uh, Certainly, there are other options. You could he could play Carrasco and Soren at defensive mid and push Ribeiro up to the attacking mid. He could instead slide Kaká and Molino over and put uh, Vinter in at right, or he could put Vinter play Vinter on his off foot and play him on the left. There's a lot of options. Uh, could even play Vinter in the middle and, and keep Molino in the right and move Kaká to the left. There's there's a lot of options and it, it's. You know, I'm sure the gaffer is staying up late at night thinking about how he's going to approach this game, and a lot of it will have to do with how he thinks he can best attack uh, Real Salt Lake. Uh, a good defensive club, an experienced club, uh, maybe getting a little long in the tooth in some areas. Uh, Kyle Beckerman's lost a step, but he's still a very good defensive midfielder. Um, but I think that that's an area where um, Molino and Kaká's interplay, they should be able to draw some fouls on, on Kyle Beckerman and, and worry that Real Salt Lake back line. Where I think Real Salt Lake is good is, I think, uh, uh, Movsisian up front with, with Plato and uh, uh, Morales. I think that's a, a formidable attacking trio, and I think uh, we saw Morales give the team some problems last year in, in Salt Lake City. So, you know, Gavin, what do you think uh, we're going to see from Real Salt Lake, and, and who kind of worries you on that team? You know, like you just said, you guys, you got guys like Javier Morales and Plato, and you know they're a good defensive team. But at the same time, they're gonna they're gonna challenge you offensively, especially when we saw at times where Orlando can be a very unsteady team on defense. All it takes is those one or two steps with the ball to really get things off balance for them. And it's gonna be it's gonna be an offensive show that comes down on Sunday between both sides, and RSL is gonna be right there in it with them. All right, well, I guess we'll find out what happens Sunday, but uh, I think right now what I'd like to do is to bring in this week's special guest, and when we say special guest, we do mean special. We've been uh, been kind of fortunate to have some good guests, but uh, uh, we're going to have another one right now. All right, joining us this week on the Mainland Podcast, we're uh, very excited to have Orlando City fullback Kevin Alston uh, joining us this week, Kevin. Uh, welcome to the Mainland Podcast. Thanks for being on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You know, one of the things uh, that I always think about when I think about professional athletes and and you know the the sort of times we live in. You know, there was a time when when people you know were just drafted by their teams and played their whole careers there, but now there's a lot of movement. You got to stay in New England for a while. 
before moving on to Orlando City. I just want to get your thoughts on the transition and, and, and how it's been and, and how you've assimilated with your new teammates. Um, well, I mean, to start out, you know, it's kind of, like you said, I've been in, I was in New England for a while and it's like, you know, I, I, you get really comfortable in a place and, you know, and then change happens and it's kind of scary at first. You know, you don't know what to expect. You don't know how it's going to go, but um, it's been great so far, you know, coming to this club and I, I was happy to, to end up here and, you know, it's a great organization and, and just seeing it, you know, from this side of it now is just, you can tell top to bottom that everybody really cares about, you know, what's going on and, and everybody has, you know, the same goals and um, the, the, the teammates, you know, made the transition, you know, easy, you know, it's a great locker room and um, everybody's been very helpful. Um, so, you know, you, you've transitioned down here, and the one thing that really is a big difference is attendance. Um, obviously, the club is shooting for a sellout of 62.5 on Sunday. Um, average attendance for Orlando last year was around 32,000. New England was like 18. Um, does that excite mm-hmm. you as a player for the growth of soccer in the U.S. and make you feel like you've made the right choice to still play the game? Absolutely. Um you know, as a as a soccer player, you know those are the things you you love great atmospheres, and Orlando certain, certainly has that. And um, to be a part of that, you know, to, to step in front of you know those fans every game, it's it's huge. And um, you know, it's it's something we play for. I'm, I I know personally, I'm excited for it, and um, I can't wait to see it. You know, game in and game out. Hey, Kevin, it's Gavin. You know, you spent most of your career in New England so far, and you've only been in Orlando for a little bit of time, but are there any similarities or, like, noticeable similarities or differences between how the two clubs really approach the day-to-day operations so far? Uh, and I mean, there's, there's no major differences. You know, both t- – at the end of the day, you know, you show up, you go to practice, uh, you, you get in the locker room, you do your treatment – um, and, and, you know, everybody has the same goal, just trying to get better every day. Um, you know, maybe there's some, some minor, you know, tweaks. You know, everybody does things differently. You know, no no team is exactly the same. And But there, there's no major differences. I, I think the major difference is the, 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 the support. You know, New England had good fan support, but you didn't see it every day. And, you know, down here you see it every day, and, and you really feel it in um it's great to have. You know, Kevin, you come from a place where they play on an artificial turf surface, and, and now, of course, you're going to be playing in the Citrus Bowl where they, they have the same, at least for this year. Um, do you think that's an advantage for you, having having you know gotten accustomed to playing on turf? We know that we've heard about Didier Drogba not wanting to play on, on turf surfaces, but for a player that's used to it, you know, what can you tell us about what it's like to play on turf and, and how comfortable are you with it? Well, to play on surface, I mean, it's definitely definitely a different feel, especially if you're playing on grass um, in your home stadium every weekend. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's nothing quite like just playing on a, a good grass pitch. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, playing on turf for my entire time in New England, I, I think I'm, I'm very comfortable with turf and I'm, I'm kind of used to it and, you know, it has different bounces and I think I'm, I'm used to those bounces and uh, I, I, I think that can that's something that can help me uh, during the season. Um, obviously, you've come into a new club, and we already have a fairly established right back in Rafael Ramos. Um, have you been enjoying that competition for the starting spot at right back um, this off season? 
Uh, absolutely. You know, um, everybody's goal is to, to push each other and make everybody better. And I think competition is the best thing you can have um, in, in a club. You know, you, you, it only it only benefits the team and it, and it pushes guys to, to bring out the best in themselves. And I've, I've definitely enjoyed the, the competition throughout uh, preseason. You got a chance to come to Orlando last year. You've been around the league a lot. Do you have a favorite place that you like to go play specifically? Uh, it's hard to say. There's a lot of good cities. You know, I, I, I like Chicago. I like Denver. I like Seattle. Uh, obviously, like New York. I love D.C. because I'm from D.C. There's a there's a lot of great cities in the league, which I think is a, is a good thing. And, and there's more and more, you know, popping up every year. You know, Kevin, uh, I'm glad Gavin. Uh, I'm sorry, glad Andrew brought this up about the competition uh, with Rafael Ramos. Um, what did Adrian Heath tell you in your first conversation with him about, you know, the battle and what he expects your role on the team to be and that kind of thing? Uh, you know, I think the first conversation we had was after they they picked me up in the reentry draft, and you know, it was, it was just basic. You know, um, we're, we're happy to have you here. You know, I was happy to be picked up and. You know, his main message was just, you know, we want you to come in and work hard and uh, try and be the best player you can be. And I, I think that's that that's all you know I can really ask for myself and they can ask for. You know, just just trying to trying to do the best I can in whatever role that may be. Well, and I guess that kind of brings in a good question. Like, what is your favorite formation? You are primarily outside back um, who likes to get down the wings and cross it in. We do very much play a one lone striker system um, in Orlando. Is that something you really like, or would you prefer to have two people to aim for? Uh, no, I'm, you know, we played a, a similar system in New England, and I'm, I'm pretty used to that. I, I like the idea of being able to, to get forward on the wings, and, you know, it's great that, that that's something this club really um, strives for. Uh, so I, 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 I like the formation. Uh, you know, Rafael uh, Ramos being that you're competing with him at the same time, you know, you're a more veteran and experienced player than that. Is there, are you trying to like help mentor him too, as well as, you know, not just competing with him, but help him become a better player? Absolutely. I mean, a- any way I can, you know, help, whether that's mentoring, you know, that uh, I'm, I'm there, you know, if it's, Little things off the field, on the field, I'm I'm willing to help. You know, I'm I'm just trying to trying to do everything to to make sure the team does the best it can. So on Sunday, they're already have already sold over fifty thousand tickets, and you know they're aiming obviously for sixty two thousand five hundred mm-hmm. um, for an MLS game, which is is pretty incredible. Which is what they had last year on opening day. Let's talk about opening day for a minute. I, I mean, at your at your experience level, do you still get really, really jacked up for that first game? Does it feel different, or it, or is it just sort of part of the process now? You go through your game week the same way, and everything is 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 very structured. You know, what is that like for you? Uh, well, I, I still get excited for it. You know, it's it, it was a it was a long off season. You know. Um, there's a lot of change, and and I I guess I'm comfortable that I'm I'm finally at a club, and you know it's exciting, like you said, going into a to a game not only to start the season, but you know when you're expecting 62,000 fans, there's nothing better than that. So it, it's more than just the routine for me. I mean, it's I'm excited about it. I'm I'm ready for Sunday to be here. Um, obviously, you've been through a few clubs. Um, who is your 
who who has really helped you transition in Orlando? Um, who have you really got together with and um, had a really great camaraderie with? And then, um, who is your favorite? Who's your player that we should be watching out for this season? On the club? Yes. Well, well, I'll start with that. I I, I think you know I'm I'm excited to see what Kevin Molina um, has to offer this season. I know he had a you know injury last season. It was tough for him. I, I've seen tapes. I've, I've heard about him. I've, I've seen it firsthand now in preseason. He's a great player. And um, I, I know he's he's eager to make a big impact uh, with the team this year. And I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. And I, I think he's definitely somebody to look out for if, if everybody wasn't already looking out for him. Um, uh, on the other side of it, uh, I think as far as the transition, you know, coming in to start the president, Phil, Rollins just made, made made it, you know, made things comfortable for me. You know, just just ha- talking to him, and you know, he made sure I was settling settling in, and everything was going well. You know, a couple players on the team, I uh, my roommate to start preseason, Joan Bendick. I played with him back in the day, and you know, he's new to the club as well. So it was kind of cool to know somebody that was also coming to the team, and you know, we could just go through you know the preseason with each other and. Um, you know, and I also knew a couple guys on the team before, like Breck, Servando, um, and those guys have made the transition great as well. Uh, you know, piggybacking off of what Andrew was saying as far as guys to watch, what are your impressions of the team so far this preseason? You know, there's a lot of talk of, you know, make playoffs or bust kind of mentality so far. How far do you think this team can go this year? Uh, I, I think we have a lot of talent on the team. And I, I think it, it, it all comes down to, you know, how well we put it together. I, I think we have all the talent we need to make it all the way. It's just, you know, we just have to, we just have to tighten everything up and make sure, you know, when we step on the field every, every game, we, we play the way we want to play and play to our strengths and, and stick to what we do best. I, I think, you know, there's, there's, there's great players and um, I think we have the potential to do really well. So Kevin, before we let you go, I wanted to. What I'm really interested in, in hearing from you is, you know, what were your perceptions of, of Kaká coming into the team, and and have they been, you know, how how have those perceptions been, you know, uh, matched up with you know the person that you've actually met and gotten to know on the field? Well, you know, I mean, my main perception was just, you know when I was in doing what you saw on the field. And, and I mean, his play spoke for itself. You know, he, he, he made a huge impact with the club last year. Um, still a great player. And, you know, just coming now and seeing it firsthand, um, it, it's not, I've, I've seen the other side of it. You know, he's an unbelievable guy in the locker room. Great guy. You could talk to him anytime. He's friendly with everybody. Um, very humble. And he works harder than anybody you know he, he he puts in the work every day and and I, I think you know players in the past have um coming overseas you know have had that persona of you know they're coming here but they don't work necessarily necessarily as hard as they um you know as people want them to but uh, uh that's not the, the deal with the I mean, he he really puts in the work and it shows on the field well kevin alston uh orlando city defender you know we we really appreciate you coming on the the you know, the mainland podcast with us. We hope that you have a successful 2016 season and, um, you know, maybe, uh, come, come on this, you know, maybe get, get in the game, uh, 
in the opener maybe and uh, use that speed in the second half when the other team's tired? I hope so. <laughs> All right, thanks, Kevin. Have a great night, and uh, good Thank luck on you. Sunday. All right, take care, guys. Oh man, that was uh, that was good. It was good to have Kevin Alston on. We really appreciate him coming on and and being our guest on the the Mainland Podcast. We've had some we've had some first teamers before, but mostly young guys, Earl Edwards Jr. and and Harrison Heath and guys like that. So it's good to have a, an MLS veteran on the show. And um, you know, I, I thought that uh, you know he's he seemed like he's very very excited about getting the season started. Yeah, I think he's as excited as we are, and he wants to get back. He he's, he loves playing the game, so. I'm excited to see him on the field. You know, if you're not used to or you don't know Kevin Alston all that well, um, picture a faster Corey Ash uh, is kind of what you're getting. He's a, he's a former MLS All-Star. He's, you know, he's a veteran player. Um, you know, obviously has some weaknesses. He wouldn't have been available in the re-entry draft if he didn't have some weaknesses to his game. I, I'm told that he's a, he's a good ground ball passer. Maybe his crosses aren't quite where they need to be, and maybe he occasionally loses positioning uh, defensively, but you know, show me a, a right back that plays more like a wing, like the Heath system, that doesn't occasionally lose their positioning defensively, and I'll be impressed, because I haven't seen one yet that, that doesn't. Uh, anyway, before we get out of here, guys, we're going to have to make our never-correct, always-soon-to-be-ridiculed predictions for uh, Sunday's game. And um, I'll go last, but I'm going to start with uh, Gavin. Gavin, what's your prediction Orlando City, Real Salt Lake, uh, does the team come away with a W on opening day? Well, first of all, I'd say the team does fill the bowl. I didn't get a chance to say that last week. And okay. um, I, th- I think, yes, I think it's going to be mm, two to one Orlando in their favor. Mm-hmm. Maybe a set piece goal up a corner. Seb Hines may or may not be involved in it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll leave it up to the boys on the field to determine who scores the second goal. Okay, so uh, we're going to see Seb Hines continue his Ballon d'Or run in 2016. Uh, Andrew, what do you got? Um, I'm going a little bit more pessimistic than that. I'm going to stick with what my roundtable said, which is that it's a draw. Um, I think it could be a high-scoring draw, Um I'm going to go 2-2, and I think we do have to watch out for Moisevan. Um I think he's just got that danger that potentially being our first competitive game that we might not be ready to handle yet. Mm, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to – I like Gavin's 2-1 prediction. I think um, Orlando City's defense, obviously, uh, with Mateos going down, that's a real shame because I thought that the, the back line was, was building a, a real nice chemistry. But they do – uh, they do tend to, to, to lose somebody or, or lose a man once or twice a game. I think that you know maybe Bendik will pull them, you know, pull the, you know pick them up for one of those, but maybe not the other. So I think they're going to get a goal. I don't think it'll be a clean sheet, but I like the attacking style this team has this season. I think that if you know Molino stays on the field, obviously, and the way he interchanges with Kaká, and and the, I, I just think that. They're going to create some chances, and having Ribeiro behind them uh, is a guy who he has some offensive skill. He has some ability to, you know, to sort of, he, you know, I mean, he he works very well with Kaká. So that's more offensive chemistry than you were maybe used to with a Gita or a, or a you know, Seren who, who were supposed to push forward last year. So I think maybe a two-one scoreline sounds good to me. Um, 
I think the home crowd and the, you know, maybe it's a little warm, a little humid on uh, on Sunday. It's going to be a nice day, and uh, I think that might play into uh, the team's favor because they're more used to uh, working in those conditions. So I've got 2-1. I'm going with Gavin, and we'll see what happens. Um. So that's just about uh, another Mainland podcast that will do it for episode 40. We're doing these, of course, weekly now, um, although I have uh, a procedure next week, so I don't know if we're going to do one next week, but we'll certainly try. <laughs> uh, hopefully by, like, Wednesday or Thursday, I'm recovered enough to, to be able to sit in a chair and talk on a, talk on a headset for an hour or whatever. So, <laughs> uh, But anyway... Um, you know, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at the mainland. It's M A N E, not M A I N. Uh, you can find us on the web at uh, themainland.com. Again, M A N E, like a lion's mane. Uh, over at SB Nation, we are Orlando City's uh, official SB Nation blog, and uh, so that's. Uh, and you can also like us on Facebook. That'd be really cool if you would do that because we would uh, we would like you to like us. Uh, anyway, that'll do it for this week's Mainland Podcast. And on behalf of uh, our illustrious writers, Andrew Harrison and Gavin Eubank, this is Michael Citro signing off saying, Go City!